But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This is the reading of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, everyone. You may be seated. Good to see you today. Finish this with me, would you? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the tells me so. How old were you when you learned that truth? You know, we've got three kids. The girls learned it faster than my son, but he's not here to defend himself, so I can't talk too much about him. But it's at a very early age that we know that Jesus loves us. Why? How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us. And today we get to the third sola of the Reformation, that we are saved, remember, first of all, by grace alone. It's God's action to us. It's not what we do in His Son, Jesus Christ. It's through faith alone that we receive His love, His mercy, the hands of faith that the Holy Spirit gives to us to grab onto those promises, as found then today in the Scriptures alone. Sola Scriptura. And yet, Every survey that's been done in the past few years of American society shows that biblical literacy is at an all-time low. And not only do people not know what's in the Bible, that is, unless you're studying for Jeopardy, right? Uh, you don't, people don't know what's in the Bible, but they don't know the meaning of it, what it is for their lives. Why is that? I ask myself that. Well, I think there's a couple reasons. First of all, uh, a lot of people somehow believe that the Bible is, is a, a legend or a myth, that like any other book that was written hundreds and thousands of years ago uh, by people, that uh, it just doesn't relate anymore. And besides, the Bible, people say, are just a bunch of rules and regulations, and, you know, I, I don't need that in my life. Another reason I think people have a hard time um, really upholding the Bible as something special, as God's Word, is because of their academic experience. And so oftentimes in academia, you, you study science, the different sciences, you, you study history, uh, archaeology, you study uh, astrology, uh, astronomy, and so forth, and you study these things, and they tend to contradict Maybe some things, or at least they don't seem to jive together with the teachings of the Bible. And as a result, uh, people can't accept it. There's another category of people, too. There's a category of people who respect the Bible. In fact, know that it's something special for their lives, but for some reason, they're too busy, they're too caught up in life to really give the Bible much attention. Well, today, we get to this whole subject of Scripture alone. 
And as we do so, we are led to a section of Scripture in 2 Timothy. And there we find out what the chief purpose of the Bible is all about. You know, the Bible is not meant to be necessarily a history book, although it contains history. It's not meant to be a science textbook, although there is some science in there. The Bible is meant for one. Listen to what the Bible is meant for. Paul is writing to the young pastor Timothy, and he says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and what you have become convinced of, because you know from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation. There's the bottom line of the Bible. The purpose of the Bible is to lead us to Jesus as our Savior, to make us wise unto salvation. In fact, in the in the One of the last chapters of the Gospel of John, John says these things. He says, these things have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing you may have life in His name. So what's the purpose? The purpose of Scripture, Scripture alone, is to lead us to Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior. Now, as we look at Scripture, we know that there's an Old Testament and a New Testament. The Old Testament gives us the history of God's people. It also tells us of of the promise that God made to send a Messiah. And many of the prophecies then of the Old Testament point forward then to the New Testament where God fulfills His promise, a Savior is born, a Savior then comes into the world, a Savior dies on a cross and rises again so that we are forgiven. And then the rest of the New Testament spells out what that means for us and what it means for our daily lives. We also talk about sometimes the two main doctrines or two main teachings of the Bible being the law and the gospel. And uh, the law, the, the, the number one purpose of the law tells us what we should do or not do. It acts as a mirror. And when you look into the mirror of the law, what do you see? You see that lousy cousin of yours, right? That's not going to church or doing this or doing that. No, when you look into a mirror, you always see yourself. And as we look into the mirror of God's law, we see how we are the ones who have fallen short of God and what He expects of us. How we then are the ones who need a Savior. We need the law because otherwise we wouldn't see the need for the gospel. And the gospel is what is clearly what God does for us. It's a one-way action of His love, His grace to us, centered in Jesus as our Savior. We need both the law and the gospel. What does the Bible do for us? Why do we hold to Scripture alone? Because it's through the Scriptures that God speaks to us. I have a personal experience. It was a couple weeks ago, and I was having kind of a down day. Do you you ever have a down day? And in that day, I was looking at all the list of things that I was supposed to get done. And I realized that I wasn't doing it, that I wasn't cutting it. And uh, in my devotion, though, that day, I came across John chapter 6. And it was very comforting to me, and God spoke to me. In John chapter 6, this is where Jesus feeds the 5,000 with the loaves and the fishes. And after he does that, people continue to follow him because they want a free lunch. And that's when he holds a press conference. And someone asks him, they say, Jesus, what what must we do to do the works of God? In other words, how much of that list do I need to get done? 
And that's when Jesus says, in answer to this question, he says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one whom he has sent. In other words, Luther, don't worry so much about your list. Just trust me. Believe in me. I'll help you get what you're supposed to get done, right? Because I have a relationship with you that you belong to me. And that was so comforting to me. And I was able to put aside the list and then kind of go through that day with a lot more joy, with a lot more confidence to know that God had a purpose and that I can just trust him. You see, as God speaks to me through his word, he promises to speak to you. That's how the Holy Spirit works. We talk about grace through faith. Where does, how does it come to us? It comes to us through the Scriptures. You know, we profess the Bible as the truth. In our gospel lesson, Jesus was speaking to people who had already believed in Him. And He said, he said If you continue in My Word, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Why, how do we know that the Bible is the truth? How do we know that the Bible is God's Word? Well, here in this passage... Paul is speaking to Timothy and to all of us, and he starts out by saying, all Scripture is God-breathed. Many translations use the word, the, the, the word that, that it is inspired. All Scripture is inspired by God. But the Greek word, theopnustos, actually means God-breathed. And it goes back to Genesis. It goes back to when God created man. And remember when he created man, he started with a lump of dirt a lump of clay. And how did he make the clay come to, to life? It says in Genesis that God breathed into the, into the dirt, into the clay, and man became a living soul. God breathed. God's breath brings life. So that when God breathed into the Scriptures, the very words, the very thoughts, the paragraphs, the books of the Bible, that God breathed life into them. So that when we are exposed to the Scriptures, what do we experience? We experience life. Life in Jesus as our Savior, and then life then also to have that confidence that He is always with us and that He's guiding us and leading us. All Scripture is is God breathed. I like what Peter follows up with this. He, he talks about how prophecy, the scripture, never had its origin from the will of man, right? But men spoke from God as they were moved, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So it's God's word and not just man's word. This became so clear at the time of the Reformation 500 years ago. You know, Martin Luther nailed the 95 theses that he wrote. He wrote many other writings, and then finally he was called to account for what he had written. The Holy Roman Emperor, Charles V, met with him as well as representatives from the papacy at a town called Worms in Germany. And there at the meeting or the Diet of Worms, Luther had all of his writings put before him, and they debated him. And they debated him for days. And finally, it came down to the last day when Luther had to say these words. He said, these works are mine, but unless I am convinced by Scripture and plain reason, I will not recant. My conscience is captive to the Word of God. I cannot and will not recant anything, for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. And then he said, here I stand, so help me God. And... How were the reformers, 
like Martin Luther, how, how did they become so bold? What emboldened them with such certainty? It was because they believed in Scripture alone, sola scriptura. In fact, when Martin Luther was asked why the Reformation spread so fast throughout Europe, he could have said, well, it was because of Gutenberg and the printing press. No, that's not what he said. Luther simply said, the Word did it, the power of the Word. You may have heard us say before, but we mean it. If you ever see things that are happening here at Cornerstone that are contrary to God's Word, you need to let us know because the Word of God, Scripture alone, is our foundation. Jesus is the cornerstone and everything is lined up according to His Word. It's the basis of everything that we profess. But not only do we profess sola scriptura or scripture alone, but we also practice it. It means that we put into practice what we know to be true. Remember what Jesus said uh, to Satan as he was being tempted in the wilderness, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus turned to Satan and said, man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. It's God's word then that guides us through our lives. And that's why we don't take it for granted. You know, sometimes that happens for us. We take God's word for granted. We think that we already know it. Many of us grew up in a tradition that, that involved a process called confirmation. And confirmation is a rite or a celebration of the church. You never see the word in the Bible, but it's, we are confirming as youngsters the faith that was often given to us in our baptism. And so it's a period of instruction, normally the seventh and eighth grades. And so when you're 14 years old or so, you stand before the congregation and you receive a special blessing for your life and you say, yeah, that's for me. I agree. This is what I believe. This is what I want for my life. And that happens at about 14. How many of you remember much when you were 14, if you're an adult by now? Those were tough years. And yet so many people fall back and say, but I was confirmed. And we equate confirmation with graduation. Friends, that's just the beginning of our life, another stage of our life, a new level of God, and we continue to learn and we continue to grow throughout our lives. And we don't take God's Word for granted. And yeah, you hear some of the same things over and over. How many times have I heard, Pastor, I went to, to church again this Christmas and it was just like last year. Heard the same thing. And yet there's power in the Word as God speaks to us. And so we not only hear it, but we put it into practice. And, and look here what the Scripture says about this. Paul says, all Scripture is inspired by God and it is useful. Okay, that means it's good. It's good for us. And what is it good for us to do? There's four terms, four participles that are used. First of all, the Apostle Paul says it's good for teaching us. It shows us God's way, His will, His plan for our lives in union with Jesus. Well, what happens? We often stray away from the, from the plan. All like, we like sheep have gone astray. We, we, we get off the path, don't we? And so the second word that is used there is rebuking. And so the scriptures tell us that we've gone off the, the, we've gone off the path of what God expects of us. 
That's the law. That shows us our sins. But that's not where God stops. Not only does He rebuke us or tell us that we've gone wrong, but then He brings us back in line by His grace. He forgives us through the shed blood of Jesus so that we're correcting. We're being corrected. We're put back on the path. And then not only does God bring us in line with His grace, but then He trains us so that we can stay there. Training in righteousness. So as, as this passage says, we might be thoroughly equipped for every good thing that God wants for us in our lives. And so Scripture is useful. It's practical. So we profess it. We practice it. Martin Luther said that when we read the Bible, it's like picking apples. He said, first you, you shake the, the trunk of the tree. Then you shake the limb, okay, the, the, the bigger one, the branch or the limb. Then you finally get to the twig up at the top and you shake that. And then you have to look under some of the leaves to make sure that you, you find all the apples. In a way, it's like that when you read the Bible. I've read the same passage many, many times. And yet God has spoken to me differently a lot of the times that I read it. Depending on what's going on in my life, I get a different meaning for that. That the Holy Spirit is speaking to me in ways that are very appropriate and applicable to me. And so that's how we pray. We, we need to get into the Word. That's for sure. Um, we get the Bible into our heads and into our hearts by getting into it. You know, Pastor Chuck Swindoll once said, he says, it's not how quickly you get through the Bible, it's how quickly the Bible gets through you. <laughs> We've always prided ourselves that we are a church of the Word. But God's not finished. We haven't arrived yet. We are lifelong learners. We are growing, and anything that is alive grows, and that's us. On top of that, we believe that the Holy Spirit continues to give us peace and strength. I like this passage from Hebrews chapter 4. It says, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. That's God's Word for us. It's living and active. It's like a sword. It cuts through the gunk in your life and it exposes you. It pierces the division of your soul and spirit, joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and tensions of the heart. It opens us up. It fillets us so that we're open to Jesus and His love, so that we're open to healing and grace. You know, information used to be rare. Some of us remember when we were in school doing research projects, and you actually had to go to the library. And you actually had to look in a card catalog. And you had to look at textbooks and encyclopedias and dictionaries and thesauruses and things like that. I don't need to tell you that the last decade things have changed when it comes to information. As a result, the crisis in our culture is no longer centered on access to information. We have more information than we know how to process. The new crisis, the current crisis, is a crisis of meaning. We have endless springs of information, but we have no idea what that really means for our lives. The Bible certainly gives us information, but most of all, it gives us meaning. 
so that it's not only what we have in our heads, what we know to be true in the Bible, but it's how it gets to our hearts and how through the Scriptures we realize that we haven't arrived, that we look into the mirror and that we realize that we need Jesus as our Savior. But through the Scriptures, we also realize just how much we are loved, that God loves us the way that we are, and He's given us His Son, Jesus, to take away our sins and give us hope, to give us what nothing that the world, no information of this world will ever be able to give to us. And that's why as a church, we're constantly asking you, and I know this sounds like a broken record, to recommit yourself, to recommit yourselves this fall to God's Word. Where does that happen? It happens right here in worship. You know, all of our songs, the Scripture readings, the message, everything is based on Scripture on God's revealed Word to us, that God-breathed Word. And when we are exposed to the Word, God breathes life to us and meaning. But it doesn't stop there. We have many, many other opportunities in smaller groups, uh, whether it's small groups in people's homes, whether it's smaller Bible studies that we have here, uh, the myriad of different kinds of studies that we have. And the Holy Spirit again speaks through His Word, and we often discuss it, we chew on it, we inwardly digest it, as the collect of the Word often says. It's, it's God's Word, and, but then we don't even stop there. The Lord encourages us to spend time with Him alone. Come to me, He says, all who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you peace. And so we spend time individually with Jesus and His Word in our own personal times, in our own personal walks with the Lord. And as a result, we have meaning, meaning and hope in our lives. Uh, in your worship folder, if you would just take this out, there's a green sheet there. Uh, many Christians have found things like this to be very helpful, and so we made it into a half sheet so that you can put this in your Bible. And you look at it, and it, it, it helps you to find different, you know, the Bible can be daunting for many people, but when the problem is within you, and you're, you're having that, that angst, that, that, that stress, you're weary, uh, you feel oppressed. Look at those scripture readings, so helpful. When the problem is not just you, but it's in your circumstances, what's, what's happening around you and, 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 and beside you, uh, whether it's job-related or whatever, uh, you look at that and you, there's so many promises of scripture there. And the other side, the problem is within your relationships with you and someone else. That brings a lot of heartache, a lot of headache. Or the problem is just with you and God. What a comfort, what a strength to know that, that God has a plan for us and gives us meaning and hope and strength in our lives. Well, it was during the 2006 Super Bowl. That was a pretty good Super Bowl, by the way, wasn't it? Uh, that FedEx ran a commercial that spoofed the Tom Hanks movie entitled Castaway. And this was the commercial. Let's just look at it. Hi. Hi. I was marooned on an island for five years with this package. And I swore that I would deliver it to you because I work for FedEx. That's very admirable. Thank you. Hey, well, by the way, what's in the package? 
Nothing really. Just a satellite phone, GPS locator, fishing rod, water purifier, and some seeds. Just silly stuff. Thank you again. You keep up the good work. Isn't it amazing? So much of what we need in life is given to us right here. That God loves us so much that He helps us to see ourselves, that we need a Savior, and then points us right directly to the cross of our Savior to know that we are forgiven and free in Him. Jesus loves me, this I know, finish it with me, for the Bible tells me so. And so may God's Word continue to be special as we stand on that foundation of Scripture alone. Amen? Amen.